This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. Well, if you have a copy of God's Word, I want you to open it, and I want you to listen, and I want you to think about Satan, think about our adversary. The title of this message is Your Greatest Adversary, and we know his name is what? Satan. We call him the devil. So, we're going to talk about that this morning. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Listen to what is said here. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, notice, your adversary, he works against you, he works against me. Your adversary, the devil, what does he do? He walks about like a roaring lion. What is he doing? He's seeking whom he may, what? Devour, pulling you down. So number one, if you're taking notes, Satan, he is your adversary. He works against you. This literally means he is opposed to you. He wants evil for you and not good. He desires to damn you. In other words, Satan wants you to be his slave. God wants you to be his son, his daughter. Satan wants you to be his slave. In other words, he wants you to have to come to him for everything that you need. God wants you to rely on him for everything that you need. So there's a war going on between God and Satan. So number one, he is your adversary. But number two, he is aggressive. Have you noticed? He neither sleeps nor slumber. He's always working against you and me. He is aggressive. This literally means he is opposed to you. He wants evil for you and not good. He desires to damn you. He walks about. He is seeking. This means he is on the prowl and in hot pursuit. He is not sitting idly by. He is actively pursuing souls for the kingdom of darkness. My friend, listen. He's at work. Satan, your adversary, is at work. He is aggressive. But the third thing is this. Not only is he our adversary, not only is he aggressive, he's not sleeping. He's working against you in opposition to you and me. He annihilates. He is doing all that he can to snatch, snare, and spoil you and me. You see, he will snatch you when you flirt with sin. He will snare you when you fall into sin, and He will spoil you with the fate of your sin. He plays for keep. He's not lazy. He doesn't work without a plan. He has a plan. He's active. He's wanting to get you by enticing you, and then He wants to hold you and control you he wants you to be his slave. That's what's happening all around us. We struggle with this each day. Sometimes people think 
that Christians are too aggressive. You know, I go and I hand out gospel tracts in many places. I'm going to Philadelphia next to hand out thousands of tracts with a team. I handed out a thousand tracts at the Italian festival, the annual Italian festival just this past week. Brother Jeff also was part of that distribution plan. Some people sometimes think that Christians are too aggressive. We're too much in other people's faces. Well, I can say this. I understand what they're thinking. Sometimes the love of God doesn't come forth from us, and that is a problem we do have. But as far as being too aggressive, my friend, we're not aggressive enough. We need to be getting the gospel to the whole world because, listen, it's becoming obvious to everyone the world is coming to an end. You're either in Christ, Christ is in you, or you have allowed the devil to tempt you, snare you, trap you, and you're going to be with him forever. Don't do that. Don't do that. Walk away from that. We must be aggressive to help men, women, boys, and girls find Christ. Have you noticed that sometimes you have a sudden fear? I mean, you begin to be afraid. I, you know, I'm, I'm in poverty. Will I stay in poverty? I'm not getting an opportunity. Will I stay in a state of not getting an opportunity? And you find yourself being in fear. Listen to 1 Timothy 6, 9. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. You see, Satan wants God's glory. He's trying to steal the glory of God. Satan hates the local church, the local church being made up of those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. He hates them because he sees them as blocking him from obtaining the glory of God. So he hates the local church. Satan hates the man that is bringing glory to God by walking by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you and I are walking by the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, God, my friend, is working for you, so therefore Satan is working against you. It's just the way it is. That's how he operates. He is our adversary. Psalm chapter 91 verse 3 says, Surely he shall deliver you from, notice the word here, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And then in Psalm 124 7, the psalmist says, Our soul has escaped as a bird, listen to this, from the snare of the fowlers. You say, what is a fowler? A fowler is one who traps the fowl. You say, what is a fowl? A fowl is a bird. And a fowler is one who plans and traps the bird, the fowl. So God is depicted as the one who delivers from the fowler. Satan is depicted as the one who is the fowler. If you ever watch someone trap a bird, Visualize this. 
my adversary, Satan, the devil, he's trapping me like the fowler traps a bird. He's enticing you with little things, little by little, until you go into the cage. And then the door slams shut, and you're his slave forever. And if you don't turn to Christ, turn away from the fowler, you'll spend an eternity in a place the Bible calls hell. Total darkness. And the Bible says, with flames. My friend, listen. Don't put it off. Don't keep doing what you're doing. Turn. Walk with God. Because if you don't, you're walking with Satan and he's laughing at you behind your back. Don't keep going the way you're going. Only you can stop, look, listen, and turn the opposite way. Only you can do it. You're not a victim. You cannot blame it on anyone else. You simply have to say, it is me, it is me, it is me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Your family's waiting on you to do that. Your friends are waiting on you to do that. Why don't you do that and then begin to show younger men how not to go down the road of the fowler, how not to get into the bird trap and lose 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life being controlled by your adversary. And so, you say, what is the snare? The snare is a trap, a word that refers to catching birds or animals. And so there are basically three kinds of snares. There is a rope or a cord caught by the neck or by the feet. Let me ask you. Your adversary, the devil, the fowler, the bird catcher, does he have you by the neck with a substance? Does he have you by the ankles with a rope, a cord? Are you letting him control you when you could easily turn to God who releases you? It's your choice. You see, a net, the animal is attracted by the bait, and once he gets the bait, it triggers the net to fall on him. It's set so that once you go after the bait, it's set so that the net falls on you. And then a pit is the opening would be covered and the animal would fall in. So in the Bible, snares picture perils, death, and destruction of people. When you were young, did you ever try to catch a, a squirrel or a bird? Me and my brother one time, we got an old milk carton, the old hard plastic milk cartons, and we tilted it back, put a stick underneath it, and then tied a string to the end of that stick, and then pulled the string back behind us, behind a big oak tree. And we waited until a squirrel went after the bait that we put under there. And when he got under that, we pulled the string, which pulled the little stake, 
and which made the crate fall down on him, we caught him. I love you, so listen. Has Satan, your adversary, done that to you? You know what Satan is deceiving the whole world? He's making us believe they did that to me. He did that to me. She did that to me. Oh, no, my friend. Satan, your adversary, he's the fowler. He's the one who set the pit in front of you. He sets the snare. He sets the cage. He sets the trap. And my friend, if you've given into it, you're caught. You're caught. You say, how do I get out of this? The Lord Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ. That is the answer to what we're talking about this morning. And so we find ourselves in a trap. This is how the devil does you and me. Patiently, but steadily, until suddenly he has you. As long as I do it in moderation, it's okay. That's what we think. We take a drug, we take a drink, and then the drug and the drink takes us. Yes, but I'm just going to do it in moderation. That's exactly how he wants you to start. Because what he's doing, he's pulling you in, pulling you in. He's got you snared. You see, this cannot happen to a child of God unless you choose to remove yourself from God's protection and God's power. In other words, you are protected if you're a child of God. Well, then how did I get in this situation? You allowed it. God didn't. God's not the fowler. Satan is your adversary. You have allowed Satan to trap you like a bird. It wasn't God. It wasn't human beings. It was Satan. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Apostle Paul says this, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Listen, ever way that you're tempted, this very day, every way that you're tempted, know this, everybody around you is tempted the same way. Some give in and go into the trap and the door closes. Some back up and say, no way am I going to do that. My friend, listen, if you've been trapped by your adversary, Satan, you cannot blame it on another person. No way. No way can you. You're not a victim, my friend. You've chosen to go in to the snare and to be trapped. And God, who was telling you don't do that, is the same God who will help you get out. Because he loves you. He's never given up on you. You may have given up on yourself. Maybe people around you may have given up on you. God will never give up on you. But he will tell you, I love you, so listen, don't follow Satan, follow me. And you make the choice. And whatever results of that is in your own lap. You cannot blame it on another human being. Quit blaming that. Quit thinking as a victim. You live in the richest nation on earth, and we're declining. We're declining. There's more opportunities. You can walk straight out of here three blocks and they're begging people to work. My friend, listen. Don't let the fowler, 
Satan, the adversary, don't let him control your mind, will, and emotion. He will hold you down. God will lift you up. Choose to walk with God and then die and spend eternity with him and not with Satan. Don't choose the one who works against you. Choose the one who works for you. And so, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. All of us deal with the same thing. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Notice what he said. He says, but God is faithful. It says here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he will make the way of escape. You say, well, what is my escape? I'm not seeing it. It's the Holy Spirit. You're a glove. He's the hand. Don't get it backwards. You say, how am I going to get out of my situation? Begin this moment. It's no longer I, but Christ. I've got Satan, the adversary, working against me. I now know it. He sets traps and snares, pits, and I've walked into it and it's closed down behind me. Okay, this is what you do. The one who loves you, who's God, who lives in you by the Holy Spirit, begin to tell him yes and to tell Satan no. You keep doing it. In about 30 days, you'll be a different man. You'll be a different man. Whatever the mind can conceive, the mind can achieve. We become how we see ourselves all day long. So, for a moment now, I want you to think. What am I like? Who am I? Why am I here? I love you, so listen. You're here because of the way you think. Why does a young person get it on their mind, I want to go to college, I want to be an engineer? They get it on their mind and then they accomplish it and then that opens up great doors of opportunity. Or you can get it on your mind, I'm no good, I'm worthless, and you'll act it out. My friend, listen. How you think determines what you do, determines how you feel. Satan does not want me to bring this message this morning. He wants me to go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, while you go to sleep. Satan is your adversary. Traps are all around you. Even this very day, you have traps set all around you. You can either see it for what it is and don't go into it or walk into it and listen, you're not a victim. You've chosen to go in, bow down, and listen to the door slam against you. You've chosen it. You've chosen Thousands of people all over this city are giving millions of dollars to this location right here to help people who are trapped. Now it's time for those who are trapped to rise up and do something. Walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. He loves you. The very first fruit of the Spirit is love. So we find ourselves trapped by the snare, the fowler, 
because we choose to follow Him instead of follow God. 80% of male graduates from college never read a book all the way through for the rest of their life. Once they get out of college, they just quit reading. My friend, listen, leaders are readers. If you want to grow and move forward, you got to read, you got to think, you got to plan, you got to walk forward. Continually develop yourself as a Christian. Purpose to grow spiritually. Be a reader. Instead of sleeping, right now, instead of sleeping, listen. Listen. Sleeping is normally done from 10 to about 6 in the morning. And then you awake and you're productive the rest of the day. And then you're so tired from being productive during the day, you lay down to go to sleep again. But if you stay up all night, when everything's closed, not being productive, you'll have to sleep during the day to catch up. The fowler is Satan, your adversary. He's trapping you over and over and over again. He's trapping you. But you have to walk into the cage. And the Holy Spirit is telling you, don't do it. You have to listen to that still, small voice. I'm not going down that alley where I know what I can buy. I'm not going to do it. I'm going the other way. I'm tired of this. I'm a bird in a trap. My friend, listen. Fly out of there with Jesus <laughs> by the power of the Holy Spirit and do it to the glory of God and then begin to tell young men, let me tell you what not to do. Trust me, let me tell you what not to do. And so we find ourselves being trapped by Satan. So here's the question. How do we handle the devil? The Bible says he's the fowler. He's trapping birds. We're the birds. How do we handle his snares? How do we handle his temptations? All right? You want to know how? Let's look at what Jesus did when he was tempted, when he was fully God and fully man. He was tempted. The Bible says he was tempted in all points the way we are. How did he respond? That's how you respond. Well, tell us that, okay? Turn to Matthew chapter 4. Jesus had just been in the wilderness fasting 40 days and 40 nights. You can see an order in the Word of God. The first temptation is to the flesh. That means what appeals to the eyes, the ears the mind, the smell, the taste, the touch. Notice, Jesus answered every time using the Word of God. So, Jesus, He was tempted by the flesh. You see this in Matthew 4, 1 through 3. Then Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when He had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Afterward, he was hungry. Okay, that's the body. He's hungry. 
He's both God and man. How did he respond? Verse 3, now, when the tempter came to him. Who's the tempter? He's the devil. He's your adversary. He's the fowler, the one who traps birds. And the birds are me and you and Jesus. He went after Jesus. How did Jesus respond, my friend? Look at this. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. You see, Satan appealed to him when he was weak. He was hungry. He appealed to his flesh. Sex is the number one temptation of the flesh for men. That's our number one problem is sex. Someone has said sin will take you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. It will cost you more than you want to pay. Satan and sin, they play for keeps. They're after you like in a ball game. They intend to win. Sin is never satisfied with the amount of you it has. It always wants more of you. If you fail morally, you do not lose your testimony. Your testimony is trumped by your moral failure. It is all people will remember about you. People remember when we choose to go the opposite way. They remember that. Proverbs 10 verse 7 says, The memory of the righteous is blessed. But the name of the wicked will rot. Notice how Jesus responded to the temptation to his flesh. He was hungry. He had been fasting for 40 days. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He was hungry. He was being tempted in his moment of weakness. And he immediately responded by the word of God. Think about the temptation of fame. You know, the Bible says that Jesus made no reputation of himself. Matthew chapter 4, 5 through 6. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. He was being tempted in his standing of I am the Son of God. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 7, listen to what Jesus said to the devil, your adversary. He said, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Amen. There was an executive from America. He was standing at the pier of a Mexican village, taking a much-needed vacation. It was his first in more than 10 years. He noticed a small boat with just one fisherman had docked. Inside the small boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The executive complimented the Mexican fisherman on the quality of his fish and asked how long it took him to catch them. The Mexican replied, only a little while. 
The executive then asked, why didn't you stay out longer and catch more fish? The Mexican replied, I have enough to support my family for a little while. The executive then asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican fisherman said, I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take a siesta with my wife, and stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life. The executive scoffed. I am a Harvard MBA and could help you. You should spend more time fishing and with the proceeds buy a bigger boat. With the proceeds from the bigger boat, you could buy several boats. Eventually, you would have a fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you would sell directly to the processor. Eventually, opening your own cannery, you would control the product, processing and distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal village and move to Mexico City, then Los Angeles, and eventually New York City, where you will run your expanding enterprise. The Mexican fisherman asked, but how long would this all take? To which the American replied, 15 to 20 years. But what then? The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions. Millions, then what? The American said, then you would retire, move to a small coastal village where you would sleep late, fish a little, and play with your kids, take a siesta with your wife, stroll to the village in the evenings where you could sip wine and play your guitar with your amigos. Sometimes we try to live as though we're already retired instead of being productive and eventually be able to retire and be a blessing to other people. We get it backward. We start trying to retire at an early age and that's the temptation of our young people today. They're trying to figure out a way not to work anymore. If everybody does that, there'll be no Memphis Union mission. It'll go away. It'll go away. Somebody has to be productive. Amen? Amen. So, third thing is this. The temptation of fate. You say, what is fate? Fate is destiny. The temptation here is to try to assume, direct, and determine your destiny. You know, I think somebody made it popular to say your best life now. Well, that's positive thinking apart from God. What we're talking about is walking under the power and control of the Holy Spirit and fulfilling God's original plan for your life. Matthew chapter 4, 8 through 9. Again, the devil took Jesus, took him up, on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Our adversary, Satan, is talking directly to Jesus, who is the Son of God, who is God, and saying, I will give you all this who God himself created if you will fall down and worship me. Listen. 
uh, Satan, your adversary, he wants you to worship him. He wants to control you and you to worship him instead of you worshiping God, the one who created you in your mother's womb. How did Jesus respond to this temptation? Matthew 4, 10 through 11, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then what did the devil do? The devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Satan is your adversary. He's mine. He's setting traps for you that are out there already today. They're traps. You're like a bird. He's like the fowler. He's coming after you. Don't go in. Do like Jesus. Take the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit of God say no. Absolutely no. Say no. And the Bible says the devil left him. You see, we are in the church age, the age of grace. We have the Holy Spirit who aids us in our weakness. He ministers to us in the temptation and after the temptation. He empowers us because He lives in us. Listen, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, He will provide the way of escape. The way of escape, my friend, is the Holy Spirit living in you. Oil in the lamp, gas in the car. Christ in the Christian. The Holy Spirit in you lifts you in this temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God's divine power gives you everything you need to say no to your adversary the same way Jesus said no to Satan. Same exact way. 2 Peter 1, 3-4 As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be, listen to this, partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You and I, if you pray and ask Christ to come in your heart, we're partakers of the divine nature. And we need Him to overcome the snares of the devil. And so, self Will is the opposite of God's will. Why do men not finish well? They lose their own vibrant fellowship and communion with God. They lose their learning posture. God, keep me teachable. If you want to grow spiritually, make reading a discipline of your life. Spend time in the Word of God every morning. Don't sleep in the mornings. Be awake and begin in the mornings. Be productive all day long. Go to sleep at night and rest up for the next day. If you want to grow spiritually, read God's Word. When men stop listening, they stop growing. They stop living by their convictions and choose their preferences. You see, convictions, I will only go to church that teaches the Word of God. Preferences, 
I prefer to go to a church that teaches the Word of God. They fail to leave behind ultimate contributions. They stop walking in the awareness of their influence and destiny. They Realizing the temporary from the, the eternal, they just focus only on the temporary and not in light of the eternal realm, which we're all headed that way, my friend. How do you treat people who cannot do you any good? A fact of the human race that's fallen in sin. If you ever lose your personal testimony, you are fortunate to live long enough to restore it. Your greatest adversary is the devil. Your greatest helper is the Holy Spirit who lives in you. That is the answer. Christ in us for others. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.